lifestyle choices and environmental factors impact your brain health and the physiology and psychology of your mental health. When you're ready to turn your brain on to get your game on, listen to In Your Head Radio. Now here's your host, Lee Richardson. So thanks for being with us today. I've got a really interesting guest. I've got David Steinman, and he has just written a new book, Raising Healthy Children. He's also the director of the Chemical Toxin Working Group and one of America's premier environmental activists. He shows how today's most popular items, from bubble bath to cereal to cleaning products to snack food, are contaminated with unacceptable levels of chemical toxins and pesticides. And he he proposes some alternatives and substitutes to help keep your family safe. He has looked at major brands and has been able to determine which products contain ingredients that are dangerous. He cast a wide net showing how beauty products as well as food items can cause reproductive health issues in pregnant women and that environmental exposures, particularly in schools, can have a profound impact on babies and children's development. His his diamond brings readers up to date on the increased dangers we faced in all aspects of our life and how we can make smart choices to protect our children and ourselves. And I think that's what's so important is Raising Healthy Children is an inspiring, informative book that will help every family reduce their toxic exposures and ensure their health and well-being. David, thank you so much for being with me today. Hey, good afternoon. I think that, you know, what your book has written about has been something that my boys are grown and quite older, but it's something that I know was a top concern to me as a mom when I was raising them. Well, are, are you saying that they, they did concern you? Well, of course. I mean, the whole yeah. thing as a mom you're you're fixated on is you want to be sure your kids are healthy. You want to be sure that you everything that you give them is completely safe. And that can oftentimes be harder than one would think. It's 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 really difficult if you're not informed and not aware. And it's much easier if you are informed and uh, aware aware of, aware of the hazards around us, which really do seem to be increasing. I mean, even our uh, drinking water, which we'd like to think is safe for us, <clears throat> well, all too often it really isn't safe. And what I'm talking about when I say it isn't safe, I mean, I, I was just down in uh, Cancer Alley in Louisiana. Um, where some of my book takes place, Raising Healthy Kids, How to Protect Your Children from the Hidden Chemical Toxins in Our Everyday Lives. And, you know, folks down there are drinking water with chemicals like atrazine and phthalates and benzene in it. And they're being told that low levels of these chemicals are safe, are safe for them, their families, and for the fetus for unborn children during pregnancy, they're not safe. They're not safe at all. And if someone isn't aware of that, the impact on their lives is huge. The folks in this area of Louisiana have really high cancer rates. 
it's not because of lack of exercise. You know, it's not that. Louisiana uh, would like to blame it on everything but what it is, which is um, they're drinking water and they're being exposed to um, chemicals, like I mentioned, atrazine, phthalates that can cause cancer or impact a baby's neurological brain or brain development. So if you're not aware of these things, they're going to really come back and hurt your family. And I'm not trying to shame anyone if they're not aware and if this is the first time they're hearing it, because everything we're talking about is new and young. The whole movement, the whole concept of being anti-toxic is brand new. The whole concept of trying to be non-toxic or low-toxic really only began in the early 60s with Rachel Carson when she published Silent Spring and we began to read about chemicals like DDT. And we learned about concepts like parts per million or parts per billion. So it's very new. So if you're not aware of this, that's why I wrote Raising Healthy Kids. It's a really readable book, and it will help you so much to not make the big mistakes, like I talked about with Louisiana, where folks are just drinking water and often not knowing that it contains such harmful chemicals, or being assured by public health officials that these low levels are safe. And I repeat, they are not. Well, and the big concern to me is they're being told they're safe and and you're testing, I would assume, testing the water and saying that they're not safe. How do people get access to that information? Well, this is really interesting, and I'm glad you asked that. All of the information that I just talked about with regard to atrazine, phthalates, and the other chemicals in the drinking water, in this case, in the river parishes of Louisiana, is public record. And you can go online to your local water uh, provider, whether you live in Louisiana, Ohio, California, uh, Mississippi, or wherever, and you can get these public records. And it's very important that you as a parent know about the drinking water coming into your home. And these public records are not perfect by any means because they miss a lot of chemicals that the utilities aren't required to test for. But they are are a great starting point. So um, wherever you live, you look up, you just put in um, water quality report and the name of your local community into the search engine, and the public records will start to come up. And then I share in Raising Healthy Kids how to interpret those records. But here's a really big tip, and this is based on my experience um, in legal advocacy and having to sue many companies and doing the research and being in the trenches. If you are on a limited budget, say you have like $100 to protect your uh, family health when it comes to your uh, tap law. Did you spend it on testing or filtering? And clearly the answer is filtering. That's uh, that's so important. So one big tip is on a low budget, you can filter your water and reduce the contaminants by 90 to 95% simply with a $30 investment like putting a little pure Brita faucet filter on the end of your uh, uh uh, filter on the end of your faucet at your kitchen sink. Very important. Um, 
to do something like that. So I give lots of tips for people on any budget so you can prevent the big mistakes that can have so many consequences for your health as a parent and your children's health. Well, I think that's so important because many of us are on tight budgets. And sometimes we'll we'll think, you know, I just, there's nothing I can do about it. I don't have the finances. And I think it's great to know that there is, there there are things that can can be done and they're relatively uh, reasonably priced. It's not near as expensive as maybe we're thinking it will be. I'm glad I'm glad you bring that up because there's a big myth that if you want to be healthy, it's going to cost you so much more, and that only of the affluent can afford to protect themselves. First of all, I don't want to put any onus on on you, me, or any of us, the people. All right, we should have to breathe some other company's uh, chloroprene uh, emissions coming from a factory that's nearby our school or our home. You know, that's not on us. I think everyone should be not just non-toxic, but anti-toxic. And that we should be fighting really hard, really hard uh, for zero tolerance and protecting our interests. And um, people can get discouraged though, because they'll think, well, I can't do anything because to do all that's very expensive. It's not, it's a way of thinking about things and looking at them. Also, thankfully, a lot of groundwork has been laid. I'll give you one example of what people think is a myth and what the truth is. Everyone will tell me, well, organic food, which is grown without pesticides and is better for your children's health, is more expensive than conventionally grown produce that contains pesticides that affect the nervous system. And the truth is, and I know this because I'm an activist, I live on a budget, I've got kids, I have to do this, you know, so I'm always looking around. And what I find is some organic foods uh, occasionally are more expensive, but if you look at the basics that we all bring into our home, and I'm talking the, the, the celery, the apples, the oranges, the carrots, the potatoes, the lettuce, the tomatoes, the peppers, if you look at the organic prices versus the conventionally grown now, they're about the same price. And if you use online shopping services like a lot of people do, you can find bargains all the time where the organic foods are actually sometimes even cheaper than conventionally grown. So um, the reason why that is, 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 as I said, some groundwork has been laid for us, is because when I began um, being anti-toxic, there was no organic market. There was no organic certification from the federal government. But it was people like you and me and others who have been seeking organic food who built that market. And because we built that market, the demand created was greater than ever, and it has kept growing. And today, because of demand, prices have gone down to organic. So it's a myth that, for example, organic foods have to be more expensive. They don't. And in Raising Healthy Kids, uh, which you can find on Amazon, just put in my name, it'll actually be available in January of 24, but you can get advanced copies now, just put in Raising Healthy Kids and David Steinman. But I talk about finding all of the bargains and how to shop in season and all sorts of ways to make organics affordable. 
And that's whether you live in, you know, California or Louisiana. You will be able to find organics, and I share how to do it. And I talk about lots of ways to make um, anti-toxic living affordable. It's not only affordable, though. It's indispensable. If, if you're not anti-toxic, um, it impacts your kids in so many ways They're, and our nation. And especially with regard to their neurological development. So the first myth that it's too expensive to be non or anti-toxic, that, that is a myth. You can't afford it. And that's one of the things that my book is about. Well, and I think that is a great message to get out because we get caught, you know, who has time to shop the bargains, to look at all the ads, so we just kind of get ourselves stuck in the pattern. But if we know that organic food is minimal more expensive than conventional, that's motivating to me. And that's motivating to me, I mean, I... I've always been on a budget, and when you when I go and I look and I see something's on sale that I really like, oh, you know, of course I'm going to buy a good amount of that, and I'll change what I had in mind that I was going to cook for dinner. So I think that mental flexibility plays into the plan very well. You know, and you started off talking about water, and that's we all drink it, we all brush our teeth in it, we bathe in it. Skin's the largest organ we have, so we certainly are knee-deep in it. But are there other environmental exposures that we should worry about? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And um, in Raising Healthy Kids, I kind of take a 360-degree view. I'll just give you um, a story from the book, and this is about um, the chapter about the new school rules and what mom and dad need to look out for when they take um, their children for their first day of kindergarten or preschool. And this story takes place um, uh, in the Northeast, and um, one of the moms that I interviewed, um, who was a working mom, started taking her kids to preschool at three months of age for 12 weeks. She had to work. What she didn't know is that the preschool was getting water from a well that was contaminated with chemicals that we commonly call forever chemicals. These are the chemicals used to make compounds that are stain resistant or Teflon or water resistant. And we call them PFAS. They have a long chemical name, but the short name is just PFAS, PFAS. They are toxic, they cause cancer, they cause anatomical changes in developing babies, uh, they affect the neurological development, and uh, liver. they cause liver and kidney disease. These were in their cho- her children's drinking water preschool. She didn't know it. She didn't know to ask the preschool for their testing of their drinking water. When she finally discovered it several years later, she had experienced so much guilt. And really, really, it's indescribable the feelings that she had to go through because her children got poisoned. They had very high levels of PFAS in her blood. And as a result, 
um, you know, her children are really at risk. So the message in, in the new school rules is how to prevent things like this from happening. And she talks a lot about what you should do now, knowing what she knows now. Um, and um, so uh, your school um, can be a source of extreme hazard to your child. And I just gave one example of their drinking water. But how many parents are asking their school, well, have you checked for lead? You should request these records, by the way, as a parent. You have a right to them. And then I tell you what to do if you uh, find out that your school does have contaminated water. Um, or, in, in this case, drinking water. But, you know, it might be something else in a school. It might be like those fluorescent lights that hang above our kids' heads. And some of them are in schools that are like, you know, 70 years old. Those lights are half a century old themselves. You know, they could be leaking toxic compounds from the materials used to cool the heating ballast, uh, the, the ballast with the heat up where the transformers are. And those are chemicals called PCB. And they can leak into classrooms and cause children, uh, again, increased risk of cancer, cause brain harm to the human brain. And this happened uh, that I write about in a school in Washington State. So the point is, I'm, while I'm kind of telling scary stories, I'm also telling you, giving you agency, because I'm telling readers, this is what you need to know. We're all kind of dumb in this area. And I'm no exception. I did a lot of research to write this book and learned a lot. So, you know, you need to be aware of what's in the, at, at your school. I mentioned PCBs. I mentioned their drinking water. It could be asbestos. It could be the synthetic turf that, you know, your kid is playing soccer on. I do a story about that um, synthetic turf. And so many kids in this story um, were getting cancer, non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, because that synthetic turf is made from recycled tire rubber, or it has a lot of little granules that are made from recycled tire, tire rubber, and the turf itself may contain PFAS and other chemicals to make it more resistant. And this, this stuff rubs off on kids, and the goalies are getting the worst of it. But what parent knows to look out for these things? So what I'm trying to do in raising healthy kids is just help you to be smarter and protect your kids. So those are some of the, that's another example, sending your kid off to school. That's another example. Well, how could, I mean, I'm listening to you and I, and I think about all the different places that, you know, as a, as a parent, you take your child and how is there a, do you have a checklist that you use to kind of assess an environment? Yes. Yes. I, um, you know, and I do a chapter every situation. I have a chapter on the dark side of a happy. I have, I help parents navigate through this fast food jungle and give them hope. There are some great places out there you need to know about. Um, and for your community, um, I go through a, re a checklist like, if you're thinking of moving to a new area community or where you live, I tell you how to find out if there's any toxic chemicals being emitted near your place, what to look out for around your neighborhood, what to do if your school is near a busy road or your home is near a busy road, how to protect the, yourself at home. If you live near polluting industries, um, what kind of air filtration to use and 
how to use government files uh, databases um, to find out if there's a plant and what it's emitting in your neighborhood. And then I also tell you about, just going back to the schools, for example, if you find some of these things and say you learn about your community and you learn that there's a, um, an ethylene oxide producing plant near your school, an ethylene oxide gets into the air and it causes cancer. It's a really strong cancer. Um, I share with parents how's it, how to move your child to another school if you want to, or how to work within your school with a green committee to make it as safe as possible given the situation. So it's, it's not just a matter of um, um, how to be aware, but then how to take action effectively to significantly protect your children and yourself. And, you know, mom and dad, uh, parents, you have to be healthy too. You know, your kids so look up to you. And it's a, you know, it's, it's the parenting never ends. I, you know, even if your kids are in their twenties, you're going to be teaching them. You're going to be telling your sons or daughters, why are you using this, um, um, this cologne? Don't you know that it has a lot of phthalate in it, which can affect your sperm or your developing fetus? Um, so I, I kind of take a 360 view and do give you a lot of checklists, but also I cover everything. And it's a story. It's not checklists. I'm telling stories because I've done it. And my community of people who have, like me who have been victims um, and parents, they share their tips and stories. And it's, it's a really fun book to read, but you have to be informed. And once you're informed, you'll see that you have the agency and the power to not only make your own family safer, but to actually make your voice heard in Washington and in your state capital and among your elected officials. Because this is something that we have to all share as parents. This is so far beyond um, blue or red um, or anything like that. This is our kids. And, and want to take care of them. So this is something I can tell just by listening to you, you're very passionate about. Is Do you have a personal experience where you, either you or, or someone you know that you were touched by, that motivated you or gave you the passion to pursue this? Yeah, there are lots of experiences. Um, in a really short story, I myself, I grew up in Los Angeles and loved to fish in what we call the Santa Monica Bay. But unknown to me, a chemical company called Montrose dumped 2,000 tons of DDT where I fished into the bay. And I became poisoned with DDT. And I was an investigative reporter and did a study where we measured the levels of DDT and PCBs in people eating locally caught fish versus people who weren't. We found much higher levels in people eating the locally caught fish. I had my blood tested because I was also one of the people eating locally caught fish. I had really high levels of DDT, like I had been in a DDT accident. So I got smart and became educated. That's how I wrote my first book, Diet for a Poison Planet. So when I wrote my first book, the California Raisin Advisory Board voted to spend $558,000 in opposition. They enlisted then Surgeon General C. Everett Koo 
Um, they called the federal government, and the federal government tried to make calls to all television and media outlets saying that I was a domestic food terrorist. And because I'm giving the same information then that I am now, you know, I was um, quite honored by all that incoming. But there was no organic market. So flash forward 30 years to the pandemic, right? And I'm in Salinas, California. Salinas is where um, all of our veggies are growing throughout the, for the country. Our lettuce is grown there, our strawberries. The whole town is carved out of the farm fields. It's the home of John Steinbeck, and it's a beautiful town. It really is. It's largely a Latinx, and there are a lot of people there who just work in agriculture. The schools themselves are carved out of the farm fields. And when I began my uh, writing and activist career, those schools were being bombarded by pesticides. Those fields all around the schools were being sprayed with chemicals that caused nerve damage to the kids who are playing next door to the fields. Really bad situation. So fast, as I said, flash forward 30 years to the, the pandemic. I returned to Salinas to the same schools. This time when I'm at the schools, they're all surrounded by organic strawberry and lettuce fields. And the kids are playing, but they're not at risk now because all the fields have, are, are free from pesticides. And I called Oscar Ramos, a second grade teacher at the Sherwood Elementary School at that time, and a friend of mine who teaches there. And I said, Oscar, this is incredible. These schools are so much safer now. The children are safer. And he said, well, yes, that's because of people like you who are buying all those organic strawberries. And I really started to kind of cry and just get a little wobbly need because, believe for 30 years I've been buying organic strawberries and listening to folks telling me, why are you spending more money? Because early on, the berries were a lot more expensive. Why are you spending more money? These chemicals aren't hurting anyone, and you're just wasting your money. Well, they were hurting someone, and now we have the evidence because the Cuban epidemiological studies are in. And also, I considered what I was doing kind of an act of faith, and I thought, manifest. Because now I realize, standing in those organic strawberry fields next to that little school in Salinas, California, that all the times I was buying those organic strawberries, it was helping kids 300 miles north of me to have a better environment. It was helping my, my fellow citizens I didn't even know. And to me, that was kind of faith in a miracle. So, you know, um, that was very inspiring to me. And I realized everything I do when I buy organic cosmetics or organic asparagus, it's not only helping my family, but it is making a difference in so many other people's lives. That's what really inspires me is the change we are making and the success that we've had. Because we've had a lot of success in creating the organic markets and the options for people today that makes it so much easier than when we began this whole thing. Well, know, and I have, to, I have to say, it's amazing how much easier it is to find organic. That Thank you for sharing that story. We've got about three minutes left. And for our listeners out there that um, want to learn more, I'm sure you have a social media presence online. Maybe you could share that with them and, um, and, and mention the book again and where it will be sold. So that I, I would love to do that. I'd also like to say that if your listeners would like to respond with a DM on my social media and give me their name and um, actual email 
Um, we are listing members for the Healthy Living Foundation, which is our nonprofit. It doesn't cost anything. And to the first 10 members who can deliver their uh, first 10 listeners who can deliver their email address to me through direct mail, and I'll give you the um, Instagram hand, uh, the, the handles in just a moment, we will send them a free advanced reading copy of Raising Healthy Kids. Awesome. Um, so we've got so, two minutes, and if you could share yeah. that information. Yeah. So on Twitter, I'm at by David Steinman, and on Instagram, I'm at David Steinman underscore author. David Steinman underscore author on Instagram, and by David Steinman on uh, Twitter. So look for me on those two, and um, if you DM me with your um, email, I'll be able to get you uh, as a member for the Healthy Living Foundation and send you more updates about anti-toxic living and a, um, an advanced reading copy of the book. That's that's a great offer, and I hope that everyone you know takes advantage of that because it's been so enlightening for me to learn that all that information's out there. It's free, you know. It's not that uh, when you were talking about the water, I'm like, well, how would I check that out? And it's it, I, what I hear you say is we have to be our own advocate for ourselves and for our children, and that if we can. Put the time and the energy and the effort into it. The benefits are just unbelievable, and they're there for all of us. David, thank you so much for being a guest today. I wish you well as you carry forward with your cause. Thank you so much, Lee. Thank you. I look forward to talking to you again. Well, I, I appreciate your time in and your effort. Enjoy the rest of the beautiful day. On behalf of Lee Richardson and the Brain Performance Center, we want to thank you for listening. If you'd like to hear more episodes like this, visit us on iTunes, Google Play, Toginet, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and thebrainperformancecenter.com. 